Greetings in the name of Christ. Welcome to the Hope to Hope podcast, where we share Christ and his truth and his saving love for his people. And to this end, we exist to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And we are going to do so by looking at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20 to verse 25, which is about the shepherd's benediction. Conclusions. Reaching conclusions is not an easy task. Sometimes when you talk to someone on the phone or when you chat and your chat reaches a conclusion, you struggle to find a befitting conclusion and having nothing more to say, some people continue to talk away or having nothing more to say, they conclude the conversation improperly. What we find in this section that we're going to read is a pastor offering two blessings by way of conclusion. He offers first the benediction in verse 20 and 21, and then the salutation in verse 22 to verse 25. He is giving his his people a blessing. Now the God of peace, who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. But I urge you, brethren, bear with this word of exhortation, for I have written to you briefly. Take notice that our brother Timothy has been released, with whom, if he comes, I will see you. Greet all your leaders and all the saints. Those from Italy greet you. Grace be with you all. I always find it interesting that he says there in verse 22 that he has written brief, briefly, yet he has written 13 chapters that are uh, um, filled with Old Testament scriptures, very rich with the Old Testament scriptures and having passages like chapter 7, which is difficult. If all the benedictions of the Bible were ranked, and this one, I believe, would rank up there. But benedictions in the Bible are not new, and some pastors in church history have even developed their own benedictions. Here is one of my favorite benedictions that a pastor penned for his congregation. Now, a dying Savior's love, a risen Savior's joy, an ascended Savior's power, and a returning Savior's hope rest upon your hearts and homes. Dismissing God's people with a benediction is an ancient practice. It started with Moses after the giving of the law. And after the morning and evening sacrifices, Aaron and the priests would often lift their hands and say, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. This is what God's people and shepherds used have always been doing when sending their people away. After each of the five books of the Psalms, there is a benediction. We see the psalmist always asking God to show favor on his people. In Psalm 41 verse 13, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and Amen.
the second book of the Psalms, Psalm 72, verse 18 and verse 19. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone works wonders, and blessed be his glorious name forever. And may the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. At the end of the third book, Psalm 89, verse 52, Blessed be the Lord forever. Amen and amen. And the fourth, Psalm 106, verse 48, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. And let all the people say, Amen. Praise the Lord. And at the end of the last book of the Psalms, Psalm 150, verse 6, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And when you come to the New Testament, we find these doxologies and benedictions everywhere. In fact, Jesus taught us to offer up a doxology to God after our prayers. In the disciples' prayer in Matthew chapter 6, he said, When you conclude your prayer, you should say, For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This is what a benediction is. It is a blessing to God's people and giving of glory and praise to God. It has content, it has a source, and it has an object. Derek, Derek Thomas says this is what a benediction is in his definition. Benedictions are gospel words. They remind us at the end of the service that we receive the blessings of God's covenant because Christ received its curses. After every service of worship, we conclude with that reminder that as Christians, we live under the shade of the Almighty, taking refuge beneath His wings because, wonders of wonders, we are free from the condemnation of sin. In this benediction, in, our, in, in the passage that we read, we see a pastoral prayer. It is a praise to God and a pronouncement of His blessing on His people. This benediction is a summation of the entire book of Hebrews and this is what makes it, makes it one of the beautiful, most beautiful benedictions in all of Scripture. The main themes of this book of Hebrews are the supremacy, exclusivity, sufficiency of Christ. And so it is no wonder the author says this about Jesus. Michael Kruger says about Jesus and this benediction offered here. There is nothing grander, greater, more beautiful, more wonderful, more satisfying, more extraordinary than Jesus. So if a pastor has given you Jesus in his sermon, we saw earlier in verse 8 that Jesus never changes and preachers of the gospel always have to preach Christ. If your pastor has preached Christ to you, what more can he say to you than to say, now the God of peace? Martin Luther says, to preach Christ is to feed the soul, to justify it, to set it free, and to save it if it believes the preaching. If you were to condense the entire themes of the book of Hebrews, what words would you use than the words that we see in this benediction? This benediction talks of the death of Christ, the blood of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, 
the new covenant of Christ, the lordship of Christ, the supremacy of Christ, the superiority of Christ, the sufficiency of Christ, and the special relationship Christ has with his church as that of a shepherd and sheep. This benediction is the gospel. If you were to look at all the benedictions, you will see that this one, this one that we look at, fits this book of Hebrews. There is no benediction that you can take elsewhere and plug in here. This one is fitting. It is the perfect conclusion to what the author has taught in this book. Benedictions like this one offer praise to God. Now the God of peace, to whom be glory forever and ever. Praise the Lord. Benedictions are to make us focus on God. Benedictions are petitions to God. And the petition we see in this benediction in verse 21, May the Lord equip you in every good thing to do His will, working in us that which is pleasing in His sight. And let this be a model prayer for you. When you come to God in prayer, offer praise to Him, then petitions, and then praise. Ascribe to Him the greatness that belongs to Him alone. His greatness is seen here in His power to bring from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus' resurrection was a powerful display of the power of God by which He justifies us. So here in this benediction, we see the preserving grace of God. Jesus is our shepherd and He has said of His sheep, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Of all that you have given me, I will lose none. Because no one will snatch them out of my hand, but will raise it up on the last day. This is in this benediction. A benediction is not, please join us for coffee. So next time when you hear a benediction, Lord willing, when we go back to church after this lockdown, Receive this benediction with open hands and lift up your hands to God when your pastor bids you farewell. And ensure that you take this benediction, not just the contents of the sermon about Christ, but the benediction as well. Take it with you into the next day, into the next week. Do not just take the contents of the sermon. Let both the benediction and the sermon be gospel gold to cherish the entire week. Now see this closing salutation then in verse 22 to verse 25. This salutation has all the marks of a pastor's compassion. Here he reminds us that throughout the Christian life, there is instruction to heed, fellowship to cherish, and grace to appropriate. Now take heed of the words of this exhortation. We are not only to hear and know the truths of this book, but we are to be changed by the truths of the gospel. And now I want to ask you, as you pray, devoting yourself to the Lord in prayer, thinking just about the content of this book and what we have seen here about the supremacy of Christ and His sufficiency and His blood and covenant and all the beautiful gospel gold themes. How has this book changed your fellowship and relationship with other believers? What has it taught you about the grace of God? May he bless you this day.
day.